0: this is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM if you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM breakfast show then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms welcome back everybody it's time for an encounter with God we are still chewing through the quiz here and uh, yeah yeah we have another clue for our quiz. So Yes, we do. Are you ready? Yes. Are you
1: ready? Okay, here we go.
0: So, this person uh, was married to Keturah. Yes. We established that already. This yeah. person uh, was the father of uh, Jokshan, Imran, Z-Zimran. and Midian. And Midan. midden whatever. <laughs> and, okay, so. Um, and God called him a friend. So oh, that's right, a friend of God. That's right.
1: Next clue. I am the first person whom God commanded to perform circumcision. A.K.A. the most unlucky person on earth.
0: <laughs> Just well, that's, you know, that's not actually necessarily the case. It all, <laughs> all, all comes down to perspective. 100%. Um, you know, and often with medical procedures, there is, you know, a certain dread that goes along with that and a certain level of discomfort that lasts for a period of time. But then, you know, afterwards you can be rather thankful that the medical procedure proceeded. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure and, you know, it was living in developing countries in the third world environment. Um, that's not such a terrible thing. <laughs> Everyone's going to call me up and crucify me on that now. I know, but that's okay. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter nine verse
1: four to eight. Mm-hmm. Nehemiah chapter nine verse four to eight. All right, the Bible says Nehemiah chapter nine verse four to eight. The Levites, <clears throat> Jeshua, Benai. Kadmiel, uh, Shabana, Shabaniah, uh, uh, Buni, Sherebiah, Bani, uh, and Kenanai stood on the stairway of the Levites and cried out to the Lord their God with loud voices. Okay, could
0: you just read that one again, please? Like, no. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right, just keep reading then.
1: <laughs> then the leaders of the Levites, Jeshua, Kadmiel, Bani, Hash, Hashab, Hashab, Hashabaniah, Hashabaniah. Uh, Sherebiah, Hadiah, Shebaniah, and uh, Pithiah called out to the people, stand up and praise the Lord your God, for he lives from everlasting to everlasting. Then they prayed, may your glorious name be praised. May it be exalted above all blessing and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them. You preserve them all, and the angels of heaven worship you. You are the Lord God who chose Abraham and brought him from Ur of the Chaldees and renamed him, oh, sorry, who chose Abram and renamed him Abraham. When he had proved himself faithful, you made a covenant with him to give him and his descendants, the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Am- Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, and the Girgashites. And you have done what you promised, for you are always true to your word. One more verse? Sure. You saw the misery of our ancestors in Egypt, and you heard the cries of from beside the Red Sea.
0: Okay, so this is an interesting prayer where really they are, um, you know, they praise God, but they are not just saying, okay, God, we praise you for who you are. They are giving good reason for why they are praising Mm. God. Mm -hmm. And so it's not just, you know, it's not just random. It's just not like, yeah, God is good. God is great. That kind of thing. It's God is good. God, you are good. And these are the reasons that we are thankful Mm-hmm. if somebody else had been praying that prayer you know if you had been praying this prayer or, or if I had been praying this prayer the reasons that that we would give would could possibly be quite different from the reasons that they give yeah. as to why God is so good mm-hmm. they are expressing their reasons as to and, and the evidence that they have as to why God is so um so good and so amazing mm. okay so we've got some really important stuff that we need to uh, work through here particularly in verse 4 and five- Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. <laughs> As in Lawson's mispronunciation of all those names Actually, I have no idea how those names are. I feel
1: like some of them are on. Like Jeshua. like I'm pretty I'm pretty Bani, com-
0: Kadmiel, you know. Sh- Shabaniah. Shebania Bunni Bunni <laughs> Benny again. It's Like
1: I I'm I'm happy with that. Yep. It just it just takes a I should should have pre-read this. You know, got it got it down in my head. Odija <laughs>
0: Higher. Yeah, Hether we definitely higher. need to bring some of these names back, Lawson. I think you need to have uh, about six or eight kids and uh, just use this right here. Dude, because
1: in, in my chapter 8 is the name Hash Badana. Like, that's got a real Persian sound to it. Hash Badana. It's got everything. So it's a mixture of hash browns, which are awesome, and basically Ish. bandana, Ish. which is also awesome. Ish. Ish. Well, Rash. like,
0: hash. Ish. Hash. Brownish hash. Banana. Okay, we're getting sidetracked. We need to get back to our Bible study. <laughs> okay, um, but yeah, I, it, there are some very creative names in the Bible, particularly when you bring them into uh, current usage and current culture. But you have this is the this is the prayer of response. They're really getting started into their prayer, and they begin their their prayer by praising God, and that's really mm. important. Let's look at some of the things that they praise God for. Uh, verse uh, the end of verse five there. It says, Stand up and bless the Lord your God forever and ever, and blessed be your glorious name, which is exalted above all blessing and praise, Mm -hmm. and then gives the first reason why, verse 6.
1: Verse 6, You alone are the Lord. You made the skies and the heavens and all the stars. You made the earth and the seas and everything in them.
0: Okay, let's stop there before we go any further, and let's come back to what we were actually talking about uh, before the break. Uh, before the 8 o'clock news with Dr. John Ashton about mm. the Big Bang Theory. And, you know, some of the some of the thoughts that he was bringing out in relationship to the Big Bang Theory, you know, were really, really quite astounding. Mm. Um, and, of course, if you would like to get John Ashton's book, uh, Evolution Impossible, available from all good bookstores, um, Adventist Book Centre, ABC Bookstore, or uh, Better Books and Foods, mm-hmm. Um, or online just look for evolution impossible and you'll be able to there see all of the research that he came up with in relationship to god's creatorship of the stars Mm. one of the things that he brings out is that you know we 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 use the speed of light as being something that is fixed and time as being you know something that is actually fixed Mm -hmm. whereas it is not, and we know that it is not, and our GPSs would not work if we did not account for the fact that all of those things are not fixed, mm-hmm. um, you know. And, and and as he was saying, every four, what was it? Every hour or something, yeah, our GPSs would be four hundred meters out if we if we worked off the theory that time was actually fixed. Wow! And so you know, he talks about the creation of the stars and how we're like, well, you know, those stars are billions of light years away, therefore they must have been created billions of years ago. Mm-hmm. That's not necessarily the case at it's all. not. Uh, that's not necessarily the case mathematically or otherwise. And, you know, a, a lot of um, evolutionists sort of, you know, take the uh, make the claim that, um, you know, we we make up God to fill in all of the blank spaces
2: mm-hmm.
0: where we don't have science, we don't have an explanation. We're like, well, you know, God did it. And they say that is poor science. Well, I say it's even worse science to make up all of the stuff that they make up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, to be able to establish a theory because really what they're doing is inventing. Mm-hmm. They're inventing dark matter. They're inventing dark energy just completely out of thin air. They're inventing alternate laws of physics that we do not know, that they do not know. But It's like, well, there's other laws of physics out there that we just don't understand to be able to fill the gaps. Mm-hmm. And so... You know, when you start to make a list of all of the different stuff that is being invented, there's an awful lot of stuff that's just being invented out there just to fill the gaps. Yeah, hundred percent. I think one of the one of the big um,
1: I, I was reading about this recently. We we one of the big arguments in favor of God is what's called the teleological argument, which is basically that we live in a God Goldilocks zone, right? You yes. know that yes. that the world, you know, the universe is perfectly fine tuned to account for human existence. That's right. Um, and the like. This is something that is shown to have such an such an undeniable, um, you know, response to to any accusation that's made. It's like, okay, well, the teleological argument—the fact that we live in such a fine-tuned zone—is very highly likely because it's so improbable. It's very highly likely that that came from intelligent design. And now the response that people are using from that, like oh, I was watching this debate recently, is what's called—they call it the puddle analogy. It's basically like. It's, it's a puddle. It wakes up one morning and it becomes sentient. It sees its environment, that it's a, you know, a body of water that perfectly fills a hole in the ground. And it says, wow, I like this. This is good. Someone must have put me here on purpose. Now, you know, the, the atheist comes and says, well, no, that puddle I- existed by chance. Um, and that water just fills that perfect you know, hole in the, you know, the puddle.
3: You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
1: Yeah, as I was saying, the, the the puddle existed by chance and the water perfectly fits the puddle. Therefore, you know, if the puddle was sentient, it would then have the perspective that, oh, I was perfectly placed here. But the problem with that argument is, one, it's a philosophical argument. It has no scientific basis. And two, like... It just does not account for the complexity of the the universe that we live in. And so we see, so they're like, oh, because some book of knowledge says something, you're coming up with some explanation that fills the gaps, not even based in science. Yet the puddle analogy, which is like one of the biggest things that scientists are using or well, the atheists are using to fight against the teleological argument, is in and of itself an unscientific analogy that they made up Based on philosophy. We're outside of the realm of provable science, which is the perspective that atheists claim to come from. So, so yeah, it, it's, it's interesting, you know, the back and forth that happens when it comes to who created our world and different perspectives that they have and whatnot. Um, but, Lyle, did you... Have something
0: there, yeah. I was just going to say, uh, you know, one of the other gaps that um, John Ashton mentioned in relationship to you know, creation of the stars and so forth was the fourth dimension. So, you've got dark matter, you've got dark energy, you've got alternate laws of physics, and you've got the fourth dimension, all of which are theories of the gaps. You know, they talk about the god of the gaps, These are the theories of the gaps. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just there is zero evidence for any of this, yeah. Um, and yet it is, you know, zero observable evidence, I should say. And yet it is, you know, firmly believed. And I've got to tell you what, once you have a firm belief like that, it comes down to a matter of faith. And the only way that you would accept, um, you know, such things as dark matter, dark energy, alternate laws of physics, and a fourth dimension is if you were determined to rule God out of the equation. So if you have to get rid of God, then you have to invent these other um, theories to be able to somehow replace God
1: mm, fully.
0: Yeah. So it's um yeah uh, the Israelites had no problem in understanding exactly where the uh, the universe came from and who created the stars and how they were mm-hmm. created and how God stretched them out mm-hmm. um, through the universe and you know and, and this is one of the models that you know could well be the case you know maybe. Maybe God created the universe like a shotgun blast. Yeah, you fire off with a shotgun blast, and the pellets start at one particular point, and they then expand and go different directions from there. Mm-hmm. And if that had been the case, then of course the light would have just always, always been there anyway. Exactly. Yeah, the light starts at this world and continues out. Who knows how God did it? There are a multitude of ways that God could have done it. God is—is it, is it more difficult for God to create a planet or 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 to create light? Yeah. From that planet, or from that star that exists throughout the universe, mm. you know. And certainly, once again, we are we are speaking in faith here, and we are looking at models of how this could take place. But there is no more faith involved in believing God. In fact, there's a lot less faith in believing that God did it than having to uh, just sort of invent stuff like you know, mm. dark matter and dark energy, and yeah, um, that that again. ultimate laws of physics, and you know. And a fourth dimension
1: that again has no basis in actual science, and I think yeah, this is the the issue that we that we that we face when it comes to creation. As you as you mentioned for the Israelites here, they start off their their praise with you know they they're praising God with you alone. Um, you have made the skies and the heavens and all the seas and the stars, and of course that's something that's worth praising God for. I think that we can often look at the planet that we we live on uh, and the state that we're in, and it's like. You know, it's the the classic, you know, good God, bad world. You know, wow, man, how can it gets a little get ske- a little bit sketchy? It's like, man, how can we praise God in a in a world like this? You know, but of course, when you have such an amazing, when you come to that understanding of the Bible, that God, you know. God is doing everything that he can to save a broken world that ended up this way because of our own decisions. God is reaching into the mud and the muck and the mire after creating a perfect world to pull us out of that. And that is really the heart of what, you know, the Israelites are are praising him, him for that like, I think any of the Israelites have just come out of captivity. They understand the harshness and the terribleness of the world. They understand what they're going through, yet they're praising God for the world. They're praising God for their situation because they know how hard God is working and what God is doing to get them out of that situation and how good God is through that.
0: Absolutely. Let's uh, look at the end of this verse right here where the Bible goes on, talking about how God created the stars. Uh, which we were talking about earlier with Dr. John Ashton, to move on to uh, the world, everything in it, the sea, everything in it. Um, And not only does God create the world and the sea and everything in them, but he also preserves them. Mm -hmm. And when you look at our world today, you look at the environment that we find ourselves in um, at this particular time, you kind of think our world is kind of falling apart, isn't it? Just you know, particularly mm. when you're sitting here in the middle of bushfire season. Um, the whole of New South Wales feels like it's on fire. I don't know where you are as you're listening today, but there's every likelihood that there are fires in your state as well. I think most states are affected by fires. Um, down in Tasmania, of course, those are their wood fires where they're trying to keep warm from the snow that they've been having. But, um, you know, it... Uh, uh, a little bit different here in uh, in New South Wales, where we're trying to put fires out and people are losing their lives. It's mm. a it's, it's it's a terrible terrible thing that is taking place. Um, but uh, yeah, let's let's keep that all in mind. Okay, let's move on now to verse seven because in verse seven, you know, the Levites here they begin they begin big picture, yeah, and they work their way in. So they begin with the universe. Mm-hmm moved down to the world and the oceans mm-hmm. and now they get more specific again. Um, yeah, if you can read for us verse seven. Yeah, they get they start to get really specific here that you are the Lord
1: God who chose Abram and brought him out of from Ur of the Chaldeans and renamed him Abraham. So they they go from like they start off universe as you were saying. Universe down to Earth down to, you know, their specific geographical uh, locations. They're talking about, you know, preserving them to Abram, you know, the father of of their faith, the father of their genealogy. They're like, oh, yeah, and and now thanks for
0: Abram who became The individual. Yeah. So now they've come all the way down to the individual. Okay, so Abraham was a pretty special person. Does that mean that uh, Abraham was more special than you as a listener today? So there's an interesting question. Mm. Uh, Was Abraham more righteous, more holy, less sinful than you are as an individual? And you know, Abraham gets gets a a significant mention here. There is the important point that I see right here is that God, and they recognize the fact that God looks out for individuals and Mm -hmm. does does amazing thing things with individuals. God often called himself, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Mm -hmm. You know, what's that all about? Why why is God you know, making that kind of a statement um, in relationship to this. I think it's because God is proud of those who follow Him. Like. Wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. I agree. God should be proud of fo- those who follow Him. But what about Abraham? I mean, he's a guy that. Um, he was a serious loser. Yeah, he was. He was pretty messed up. He he goes down to Egypt. Let's think about Abraham for a minute. He goes down to Egypt, and um, he's like, he talks to his wife. He's like, "Oh, you're so beautiful," and she's like, "Oh, that's wonderful." And he says, "You're going to be so beautiful that uh, when we get to Egypt, people are going to kill me and uh, take you by force. So let's do this. Just say that you're my sister. That way, they'll just take you and won't kill me." <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you would really if you were if you were Abraham's wife at that particular time you would really feel like you picked a loser, wouldn't you? Yeah a serious loser okay let's uh, you can go to the end of Abraham's life and, and he does exactly the same thing again. he's a slow learner mm. you know and then God comes to Abraham and God says, okay, you're gonna be the father of many nations um, you're going to be you know and and Sarah your wife is going to have a child. And he turns around and he laughs in God's face. Mm. That's unbelievably disrespectful. You know, he's he's old. Sarah is, what, in her 90s? It's like, this is not going to happen. And then, to make matters worse, he decides to help God out. Um and so in an effort to be obedient to God who has said that he'll be the father of many nations he has an arranged affair with Sarah's servant girl. Mm. This, you know, most likely young and attractive um Egyptian girl that is a part of their household by the name of Hagar. So he commits an uh, he commits adultery to be obedient. Mm. You know, isn't that interesting how we how we often how we often um, justify our sin? We justify our sin by, um, what should I say by by saying, oh, we are sinning to try and obey God, Mm, and that's exactly so. When you start to look at Abraham, some messed up stuff there. This is Fernando Ortega. All creatures of our God and King.
2: So strong, ye clouds that sail in heaven along. Oh, praise Him, Hallelujah! Thou rising morning, praise, rejoice. Ye lights of evening, find a voice.
1: Welcome back to Faith FM. That was Fernando Ortega with all the creatures of our God and King. We are continuing on with our encounter, uh, encounter with God, our 20 million movement as we've been studying through uh, Nehemiah chapter 9. And we were talking about... We were. We were talking about we Abraham. But. but before we do, I need to before give another do. clue for the quiz. Okay, here we go. Who am I? God told me to sacrifice my son on Mount Moriah.
0: 1-800-324-843 is the number to call or text us on 491 if you know the answer as to who was called to sacrifice his son on Mount Moriah. Just a hint, it may have something to do with today's Bible study. Why, <laughs> all Stop. Um, anyways, continue, no, <laughs> continue. I have something else I need to talk about before I go any further, and that is a reminder that if you are struggling with getting a good radio signal in your area or if you are somebody who commutes regularly to work um, and you drive outside of the Faith FM signal, then there's a really easy solution for you. We used to tell you to get the TuneIn Radio app, um, but you know, the TuneIn Radio app can be a little bit clunky to download. It's kind of hard to find the free version of it, and it plays you ads all the time. Now, all you have to do is get the Faith FM radio app. It is amazing. You just grab it from the App Store, Faith FM radio, put it on your phone, click. Play and away it goes. Completely free as well. This is awesome. It is the best thing that you will ever come across. And that way you can (laughs) listen to Faith FM all over the world. Yes. With a perfect signal. Can. With a
1: perfect signal, of course, uh, with a prerequisite that you have a cellular connection. But. Yes. Before we went into the song, we were talking
0: about the- Oh, you've been trying to get us back to Abraham, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I just, right.
1: just want to talk about him. Ah, I had Abraham. something to say. Um, Before, we were talking about the, the, the abject cowardness of, yes. of Abraham, how he was, in very many ways, a loser. Did you just quote somebody? Oh, I think I might have. <laughs> uh- <laughs> okay. His abject cowardice. Yes. Um, he was in, in many ways like a loser and just did the wrong thing. And now how can God be comfortable? How, how can we reconcile this idea of God being comfortable calling himself the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob?
0: Yeah, and this is a really good question because when you look at Isaac's life, you know, he was a terrible parent. Uh, he played favorites with his children, he rebelled rebelled against God when God said, you know the younger will be the one who gets the birthright. He actually goes out to um, specifically ensure that that does not take place. He's going to pass the birthright on before he before he dies before he passes away and he's going to pass it to you know to his oldest son. You've got Jacob, whose whole family is just completely dysfunctional. You know, he's married to two sisters, and then he sleeps with um, their servant girls. You know, the list just goes on and on and on. You've got the Shechemite incident. You've got the Tamar incident. You've got it. Just, it's a it's a wild and hectic story that Jacob, yeah. you know, and his whole life is just one of trials and tribulations until he, you know, really learns down. You know, pretty much by the time he gets to Egypt to. Um, to surrender his life fully to God. Mm. And it's like God goes around saying, yeah, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You're like, why would you associate yourself with these guys? I have an idea. These guys were losers. Okay. I have an idea. So,
1: Lyle. Yes. Okay. okay. Um, you have two sons. Yes. And I know them very well. Mm. Uh, they're, they're, they're my friends. And I've got to say, they're, they're just amazing guys. Keep talking. But sometimes they do things stop it. talking <laughs> sometimes they do things that i perceive them like man what a loser <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> and but okay let me ask you this question so even though like they're your sons you love them they love you but sometimes they do things that could be perceived as like okay that's a pretty loser thing to do okay uh-huh. do you still call yourself the father of harley and emerson Sappho? I do indeed. I do indeed. And But for what purpose? Why? What? Like, why? It, it's just simply because I love them. Exactly. Yeah. And this is where my mind was going with this. It's like, how could God ever possibly be comfortable with calling himself the father, or, you know, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Well, it's because he loves them. Mm-hmm. And they, like, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are three people that, yes, are dysfunctional. Yes, are losers and do terrible things. But... Abraham, Isaac and Jacob are people who ultimately prove themselves as people who loved God. There are people they are people who are gonna be spending
0: time with in heaven. And And this is the key right here, because these are people who experience the grace of God. Mm. And it's almost like God stands up and, and, and uses uses them as exhibit A, B, and C. Mm. He's like, okay, you're feeling bad, you're feeling like you're a sinner, you're feeling like you've done terrible things, and you're feeling like you are too far gone to come back to God. Well, guess what? I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wow. If I can turn these guys around and, you know, I can take, a, turn, take Abraham and turn him into the father of a great nation, mm. turn him into somebody who the Bible recognizes as a man of great faith, mm. then I can do the same for you. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of God we serve. We serve a God who specializes in turning defeats into victories. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, you know, there is a, a lot of reason for us to be praising God and, for, and honoring him and remember him, remember him remembering him as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the one whose grace changes people's lives.
1: 100%. And now in the context of Nehemiah and these people have come out of slavery, like, they know why they're in slavery. They know why they've been through what they've been through is because of their own unfaithfulness. And even as they've been rebuilding the wall, they've seen, you know, the times of their own unfaithfulness. And they again they recognize God as the God of Abraham because of this very thing. They're worshiping God. They're praising Him for being a graceful, merciful God who is personal. Like we're talking about, like God is very personal. He is. Rec- they're recognizing one person who God worked in the life of. And they're like, God, if you can work in this guy, you can work in any or anyone. You know, Absolutely. We, we see that principle all through the Bible. So,
0: yeah. Let's notice verse 8 again. If you're going okay, to verse, this, eight, verse 8.
1: The Bible says, When he had proved himself faithful, you uh, made a covenant with him to give the descendants of the land of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Jebusites, the Girgashites, and you have done as you promised, for you are always true to your word.
0: Okay, so when we look at this uh, particular um, passage right here, we find that there is a whole bunch of territory that has been given to Abraham. One of the interesting th- point that comes out of this one, just a little bit of a side point here, is that the territory of the Hittites mm-hmm. is promised to Abraham. Mm-hmm. Was the territory of the Hittites promised to Abraham? Here's, something, here's, here's a bit of trivia for you. For several hundred years... Um, historians, in fact, for a very, very long time, historians claimed that the Hittites, which are mean, mentioned throughout the Bible, they were never a existed. myth. They never existed. And yet the Bible speaks about the Hittites as being a very, very significant uh, people group, a very, very significant nation. Until the archaeology of the Hittites was actually discovered, and you can go to Turkey today, where you'll find a massive Hittite, Civilization, Mm. huge cities, massive fortifications, um, big royal palaces and royal centres. You know, a whole civilization here from this particular people group. But was Turkey ever promised to Abraham? Like, no, I don't believe so. The land of the land that was promised to Abraham was that was from the River Euphrates to the River of Egypt. Yeah, everything in between those two locations. And so what you find is is in, in, in the reference to the Hittites in the time of Abraham, this predates the big you know, Hittite civilizations up there in Turkey. And what it seems is that the Hittites were driven out of the land of Palestine, and that's why you have these big Hittite civilizations up in Turkey. Hmm. And so, yes, Abraham, he did receive that territory, um, as the Bible promised right here. Okay, so many more things that we could look at in this passage. Unfortunately, um, we are running out of time right now, and we are going to listen to Danny Goki Tell Your Heart to Beat Again. You're listening to Faith FM.
4: Like you've never been before The life you knew in a thousand pieces on the floor And words fall short in times like these But this world drives you to your knees You think you're never gonna get back To the you they used to be Tell your heart Meet again. Close your eyes. That word wash over you. It's alright now. Love's healing hands have pulled you through. So get back up, take step one, leave the darkness, feel the sun. Cause your story's far from over, and your journey's just begun. Tell You're right i
3: If you've been enjoying Faith FM Radio, then we'd like to invite you to be part of our family of faith at the King Island Seventh-day Adventist Church. We meet at 9 a.m. every Saturday morning at 4 Albert Street, Currie to spend time together studying God's Word and growing closer as friends. For more information or if you have any questions, call Pastor Barry on 0409 416 697. That's 0409 416 697. Can't wait to meet you. What comes to mind when you think of studying nursing?
1: Practical experience? A rewarding career? Great employment prospects? When you think of nursing, think of Avondale College of Higher Education. 92.7% of our nursing graduates were employed within four months of completing their degree with credible experience and with friends for life. To apply now, Visit avondale.edu.au. It's higher education
3: designed for life. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio.
0: Welcome back, guys. That was the corner room with Psalms 127 here on Faith FM, and we have come to Question of the Day time. And uh, one of our regular contributors to Question of the Day has sent in a couple of questions for us. Uh, what do you got for us there, Lawson? Okay. So, oh, by the way, I should mention that the quiz has been answered. Oh, yeah, that's right. The
1: quiz has been answered.
0: Pauline in South Australia, congratulations. There is a prize coming your way. Mm. All right, the quiz for today. Is basically
1: the question, the question question for today, for the, for the, yeah, the question of the day, not the, man, I'm all over the place. Okay. The question for today is if the death of Christ, like the crucifixion of Christ was a predetermined event, um, does God predestine
0: everything good and bad? Okay, so here's a really good question. You know, does God, is everything predestinated? And if you look at Calvinism or, you know, John Knox or something like that, they're going to take a very strong predestination stand. Um, Now, when we look at the, you know, the cross of Calvary, the death of Christ, you know, um clearly predestined it was something that was going to happen. We need to ask ourselves why was it something that was going to happen and why was it something that was non-negotiable and does that then mean that everything else is non-negotiable? Was the genocide of Jewish people in the Second World War also non-negotiable in exactly the same way because God is in control of every single event and every single event has been predestined and God has written a book um, and our entire world and every individual on it is just following you know, letter by letter after that particular book. Mm. Uh, The answer is no. We have some great examples in the Bible where God um, predestines something to happen and it does not happen, where God prophesies something to happen and it does not happen. Probably one of the biggest uh, examples of that, and we have an entire book of the Bible dedicated to this subject, is the story of Jonah. Um, And so when you look at Jonah, he was sent to Nineveh, you know, 40 days and Nineveh will be destroyed. Well, Nineveh repents. You've got corporate... Uh, citywide repentance that takes place in the city of Nineveh, and as a result of that, you know, Nineveh is not destroyed at that particular time. It's not f- until 40 years later that Nineveh is destroyed. And so, um, you're going to find this, and this is what we call conditional prophecy, mm-hmm. where God prophesies something, but it's based on conditions. Now, the conditions for the death of Christ were already fulfilled when humanity sinned. Mm-hmm. And so because the conditions had been fulfilled, we know that that was an event that was going to take place. Um, Whereas with Nineveh, that was a very, very different kind of a situation. If predestination were a thing, free will would not exist. And if free will did not exist, love would not exist because love cannot exist without free will. So your extreme predestination works like this. It states that God created some people to be saved And he created others for no other reason than that he wanted to burn them eternally. Now, that is not a God of love, and that is a God who has created nothing but robots. It simply means that we never actually had any choice in the first place whatsoever at all. The Bible speaks about predestination. In fact, the word predestination is a Bible word. In Romans chapter 8, let's read it here in verse 29 it says for whom he did pre for whom he did foreknow he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son that he might be the firstborn among many brethren more over whom Whom he did predestinate, them he called, and whom he called, he also justified, and whom he justified, those he also glorified. People read this passage and go, okay, this is very, very clear that God has predestined some people to be saved. Doesn't matter whether they don't want to be or not, they are going to be saved and others to be lost. No, the answer is found in the first line, for whom he did foreknow. I'm reading from the old KJV right here, but it simply means those that he knew beforehand. Lawson asked. How many people did God know before they were born? All of them. Everyone. And this is the key point right here. For whom he knew before they were born, he also predestinated to be or predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ. So who is predestined to be conformed to the image of Jesus Christ? All people. Everyone. But because God will not interfere with the power of choice, not everybody will be come, be formed into the image Mm. of Christ. And so, yes, God has predestined us, but no, he has not taken away our power of choice. This is Crowder with All My Hope.
5: I've been held by a Savior. I've felt a fire from above. I've been down to the river. I the same. Prodigal return.
6: I've worn shackles and chains But I've been freed and forgiven yes, I have. I'm not going back I'll never be the same That's why I sing
5: Oh, my hope is in Jesus. Thank God, my yesterday is gone. Oh, my sins are forgiven. kind of thing that just breaks a man Break him down to his knees God, I've been broken more than a time or two Yes, Lord, then he picked me up up. and showed me what it means to be a man Come on and sing Oh Jesus Thank you.
0: Welcome back guys, that was, uh, Crowder with All My Hope here on Faith FM and we are going, we have come to the end of our show, which means we are about to give something away, so you are about to call, or you need to be about to call, if you're driving down the road right now, is the time to pull over, hit the... Breaks, stop, because I'm about to give the number out and where you can call in for a free gift. So, 1-800-324-843 or text us on 491 0491- 0491- And Lawson, what are we giving away? We're
1: giving away a book called Real Peace and Real Answers. I think this one is especially appropriate. Just for the time that we're in right now.
0: Absolutely. When you're facing crisis and Australia is facing a bushfire crisis right now, we need to have real hope mm. and we need to have real answers. You know, why is this happening? What is it that is going on? And, um, yeah. So, this is a book written by Ella G. White
1: as part of the Happiness Digest series. Of course, Ellen G. White, one of the most published authors um, in female authors ever one of the most published female authors ever of course um, yeah this is an incredible an incredible book you need this book and of course if you want to get this book call us at those numbers make sure when you're slowing down and stopping you're doing it at a reasonable sensical pace they've already stopped you know oh they've they are just slammed the brakes they're ready they're roaring to go they want this book (laughs) nobody ran up the back of them doesn't matter it's okay (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the protector. But yeah, give us a call, 1 800 324 843, and you can get this book completely for free.
0: Fantastic. Lawson, thank you so much for sharing um, real hope, real peace, real, real peace, answers, real answers. Uh, with us. These are real things that we need in mm. really tragic times that we are having right now. Don't forget that if you would like to know more about the Bible, you can give us a call on 1 eight hundred three two four eight four three. 324 843. And we can make Bible studies happen for you in your area in any format that you would desire. You listen to Faith FM.